Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project. I'm Jay Harrington. With me is Tom Nixon. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jay, and happy holidays. You too. You get all your shopping done yet? Uh, yeah, thanks to Amazon. I had it done a long time ago. I wanted to uh, avoid the shipmageddon we kept hearing about. <laughs> yeah, no, good call. Um, I've got, I, I ordered something off Etsy, actually, and I just checked the tracking yesterday, and it's in, um, it's in Ukraine, uh, which I didn't realize I was buying something overseas, but apparently I did. So I'm not confident that's going to get, get here. So I assume you're going to kind of, you wanted to wrap my present and send it rather than just derp it directing it from Amazon um, well, directly? Well, you're going to be shocked to hear that your president is also in Ukraine. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't trust it'll get there in time for the holidays. Got it. Okay. Well, that'll work. Um, appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the business at hand. We've got a guest today excited to speak to. Uh, Trisha Baxter is joining us. And Trisha is the managing partner of the Morgan and Aikens Philadelphia office. She handles general liability files in Pen- uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Her passion, though, is helping clients get clarity in the litigation process early in the process because early clarity leads to a focused and efficient litigation portfolio. Trisha has also created a training video, 60 Days to Clarity, which is about the process and mindset that one needs to uh, undertake that early evaluation valuation and make it effective. So Trisha, welcome to the show. We're, we're delighted to have you. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, it is great. Um, as, as we were chatting about before the show started, uh, you know, we've become acquainted with one another via LinkedIn, but this is the first time we've really had an opportunity to talk. So, so that's cool. It's always nice to move those LinkedIn connections to, well, we're not in the real world, but the digital world via video, at least. We're in the 2020 real world where uh, yeah. this is our FaceTime and and I'm excited. Yes, we met via LinkedIn. I love your stuff. I think your content is so spot on. And I think for, you know, I've seen a lot of the business development stuff. And I think it's really, really insightful, especially for younger lawyers starting to, to start to build their books. It's, it's awesome. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. And, and the feeling's definitely mutual. I mean, and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is your your presence on LinkedIn, and and I've you know been really impressed by that, and I think you have um, similarly uh, great content, and and also just a lot of insights around a lot of different topics, and and have really built a community is is from an outsider looking in um, around what you're doing. So so let's dive in on that, and I wanted to start by just noting, and this is actually what spurred me to reach out to you was this specific post you had, had made on LinkedIn maybe a couple of weeks back where you you um, mentioned that you had crossed the 20,000 follower threshold, which you know, for a lot of lawyers who maybe aren't active on LinkedIn, they might not even have a general awareness about how many connections or followers they have. If I had to guess, I'd say the average person, maybe professional, who's moderately active, meaning they check in on LinkedIn once in a while, maybe has 500 to 1,000 connections. I'm just, that's just a guess there. But um, just, to, just to kind of uh, benchmark against the 20,000 follower threshold. So talk to us a little bit about that. I just wanted, I really want to understand, how, like, how long have you been active on LinkedIn? Is, did you have 
kind of a, a slow burn and then a spike in, in your audience? Or is this something that just happened incrementally over time? So I will say that I've been on LinkedIn um, for about 10 years, but the first nine of it, my, my profile was just parked there and I would come on occasionally and that was it. And then last year, August, uh, 2019, summer of 2019, I, I really wanted to look at marketing from a different angle and networking from a different angle. And I had been flying and speaking and lunching and happy houring and all this stuff us traditional lawyers do. And I, I, one, I wasn't, it wasn't hundred percent me Two, It took me away from my family and it wasn't scalable. So I was like, what can I do that's scalable and be home for dinner? And that process led me to LinkedIn using it intentionally. And that happened last December. I started out probably around 1100 connections, but I had no idea who they were. They were just haphazard over the 10 years prior or nine years prior. Uh, and then since then, it's been a very intentional process. And, you know, it's not necessarily about the number. It's just the, the recognition of that, 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 that number recognizes growth. And I am really proud of it because I, I do feel like we've built a community, not just me, but people that are on LinkedIn, you included, building a community to help out each other. And, you know, there's a lot of negative talk about social media, but there's some positives to it. And that's what I like to tend to focus on is really, there's a lot of positives to it. That $20,000, $20,000, 20,000 <laughs> number uh, is, is my community. And I'm, I'm really thankful that people have connected with me and engage with me and, and individually email me. It's, pr it's pretty amazing. Amazing. Um, but of course, you know, building a community is wonderful and it's great. And there's certain value just intrinsic in the community itself. But going back to your practice, because you direct the litigation practice, right? In your, I do. How does your activity on LinkedIn, how does that help your practice or how does it serve your practice? Does it improve your practice in any way? Yeah. I mean, God, there's so many benefits to it. So I think one, um, I, every time I write, every time I think about writing, the thinking and the process of writing is a learning experience. Um, and it, it has taught me so many things, even just down to, and Jay, I know you can appreciate this, limiting your post to 1300 characters, the idea of editing, you, that bleeds over into my legal writing. And when I talk, when I, when I email clients, the brevity of it getting to the point, having no unnecessary word, you can drill down to be that specific, that that type of writing helps you in your legal writing. But then there's the other marketing and network aspect of it. I made a lot of new clients and they, whether they run across my, my post organically, I have a back engine machine where we reach out and connect with clients, whether it's through that back engine machine, whatever it may be. But I, I meet a ton of new clients. I get them off LinkedIn. We have conversations. Some of them hire me. Uh, some of my existing clients see my thought leadership on LinkedIn and it confirms that they hired the right person. <laughs> so it's, it's multiple avenues, I think. You can look at it from a very practical standpoint from the writing, but then it goes all the way to really meeting new people, which who's doing that in 2020? You're not, conferences aren't there. Maybe you can get on a webinar, but really if you wanna meet new people, you have to kind of use social media. Yeah, I, I definitely, those two points resonated a lot with me. Um, the, the first one about just sharpening your thinking and your writing. I think that's a, 
sort of a second order effect. It's one you don't think about necessarily. It, people think of social media activity as fr frivolous, but I, I find the same thing where, you know, getting a point across, um, I, oftentimes one that is, is fairly significant um, and you might otherwise spend a thousand words on, getting it into 200 words on LinkedIn is, is really important. I actually posted about that the other day, which was, you know, rule 17 from uh, The Elements of Style by William Strunk, which was omit needless words. And I think that's something you really have to take to heart on LinkedIn. Um, so it really helps you as a, as a practitioner. Um, and also, yeah, the, the, the opportunity to connect with people, it's, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a platform where you are overtly pitching all the time, but you're, you're establishing authority and, and connections with people. It's sort of the, the slow burn, uh, soft sell, uh, platform where the, the work starts to come as a result of you showing up over and over. Um, and that being said, uh, well, that's, that's one element. It's, I think it's the consistency. And I want to talk about that because you're very consistent. I know you post quite a bit on, on the platform. Um, some people think that's, you know, they're going to become sort of overexposed, but I think it's the consistency of, of Is there posting, such a like, thing as overexposed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's true. I mean, I, I always say that you're, the bigger risk to most people is obscurity, not overexposure. Um, and so I, I'd like you to talk about maybe uh, the importance of consistency and also just maybe touch upon, you mentioned really getting intentional about a year ago um, on the platform. What were some mindset shifts and behavior um, behaviors that you changed when you started becoming more intentional on the platform? So it was really, it did start with consistency. I think anything you do consistently will get you to results as long as you're doing the right thing consistently. So I will say what I'm doing now is exactly what I was doing when I first started. It evolves like any journey and it twists and turn. And if you are paying attention, you, you pivot along with it, pivot the word of 2020 these days. But yeah, I think um, I, I show up every day I post five to six times a day. I connect with the max, almost max number of connections every day. And it's my ideal client. So I really connect with claims professionals, risk managers, general counsel, and I connect with them and they get a welcome message from me. Like, hey, you know, I, I see we're in the same network. I post a lot about GL claims. Would love for you to, to take a look at it. I hope you find value. It's not pitching. I don't pitch. I never pitch on LinkedIn. It is a value-driven platform. I give value. I give value, and that's all I do. So that happens. Um, and then we have. I have a, um, a kind of a an email process or a DM process where I send a certain number of DMs every month to potential clients, and I send them a video. I say, I think this video might help you. I hope that it does. Again, not pitching. It is literally, I think it would help you. So it's consistency. I do that. I've done that for a year. I have never missed a week. I maybe missed a day or two, but maybe because I was burned out and I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a break. But besides that, it is consistency. And then it, it, it is really about developing my personal brand. LinkedIn, the use of LinkedIn has forced me to figure out what I'm good at and this is where I've done the work. What am I really good at? What do I excel at? And what don't I excel at? And develop that personal brand and then put that personal brand out there. I would never, I'm not sure I would have done that. I can't say never. I'm not sure I would have done that if I hadn't been so visible. Putting myself out there uh, really forced me to look inward. It was very much a self-reflection journey. I started out video and I still do video, but you know, doing video 
you have to really <laughs> be confident. You know, you have to really put yourself out there and be okay with people liking you and not liking you. And that's another mindset that I had to kind of shift through. But that was the big thing. Consistency was big and delivering value and not pitching. And I would say anybody who's looking for a link to use LinkedIn for a platform, that's what you do. You, you just don't go on there to, to sell. You go on there to help people. And if that's the mindset you have and you combine that with consistency, you'll get whatever result you want. It's a delicate dance, isn't it? You know, there's like two lions at war here, it feels like. it's. We try to encourage attorneys to embrace the idea of LinkedIn because it can help you develop your business. But we're cautioning them not to go out and pitch to develop business and be in sales mode all the time. So can you give listeners who maybe want to go down this road but are struggling with, what do you mean I'm going to develop business on LinkedIn? You're telling me I can't sell. I don't get it. What would be some specific things? You already shared a couple, but is there a a specific thing or two that you could recommend somebody start by doing just to see the return and the return doesn't mean I post something and I, and I get a call right away. So can you just talk through that for, for our listeners? Sure. I think if you want to start with LinkedIn, you start with sharing, especially for lawyers, uh, sharing relevant cases, sharing relevant articles, sharing relevant developments in your jurisdiction, um, being very crystal clear on what you handle. You know, I, I was very intentional, not just to say I'm a lawyer. I handle GL files. I don't handle comp or EPL or any other thing, but GL files, and I handle them in two states. I'm very clear on that. So be very clear on what you do, and then stay in your lane and post about developments. I'm sure the people that are on LinkedIn have talked to clients, whether they have them themselves or are working on a partner's clients. They've talked to clients. What do they want to hear from you? What are they struggling? What are your clients' pain points? If you can address your clients' pain points and you can post stuff to help them, that's where you start. And it is, you want to deliver such value that the, that the potential client is like, I have to work with that person. That person knows exactly what I'm struggling with. That person can help me. And that doesn't say at some point, I always say, hey, I'm happy to get on a call with you, but I don't get into a, a email battle where I'm like, here's all the things that I can do for you. I just say, here, I, I know what your pain point is. And he says, this is how you solve it. So that's what be my first advice. Start, start with two or three days a week, find an article or a pain point that you can address that you've specifically dealt with and just start doing it. It will evolve. The LinkedIn journey will take a life of its own and it will evolve over time, but that's how you start. Yeah. Just a quick follow-up in, if you could think of a recent example without naming names, I think sometimes what it's hard for attorneys who haven't, aren't doing this to imagine is that bridging that, Hey, I shared some content. Somebody liked it and responded favorably to it. And how does it go from there to then being, this is somebody who hires me because again, you can't just respond to every positive piece of feedback and say, Hey, you want to hire me? Want to hire me? Do you have a problem? Do you have an issue? So can you think of a recent example or anything? It doesn't have to be recent where, a piece of something you did on LinkedIn led to a conversation that came offline and then ultimately became a client. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it is uh, uh, my most recent is it was so not law related. They saw, I mean, my podcast is law related, but it really is more, you know, what people are dealing with in everyday life. Somebody had listened to a podcast and was kind of moved by it. And from a personal standpoint, this person had a 
had an experience. I, would, I don't want to give too much. I had a, had a life experience that was really near and dear to their heart. And they DM'd me separately. And we started the conversation. And I moved them to email. And we started talking over email. And then we got on the phone because I said, hey, I'd love to talk to you. We got on the phone. And about two months later, she sent me a case. Like it, it was, it, that's the process. And you just don't know how it's going to come to you. If you're going into LinkedIn with, I'm going to get a client, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that's the right way. I think if you go in saying, I'm going to deliver value to my existing clients and my future clients, it will come back to you in multiple different paths. But that's my probably latest example. I've got other ones where it's, you know, I, I connect with them. I send them a welcome message. They don't even see my post. I send them a welcome message. Then they start to notice my post. And then about a month later, I'll be like, hey, I know that you've seen some of my posts, like some of my posts. Here's my video. Here's my 60 days to clarity video. It's 16 minutes long. I think it might help you. It's about mindset and litigation. Um, And then if you would like it, I'd love to send it to you. They say yes. They send it to them. And then I follow up with them. Sometimes I don't even have to. Sometimes they watch the video and then they were like, I want to get on a call with you. So there are multiple ways to do it. I would caution people about wanting one way. If you show up on LinkedIn and you give value, it will come back to you in such surprising ways. That's the only way that I can say it. I know that's probably not what people want to hear, but that's been my experience. It's come from so many different areas that I wouldn't have expected to. Yeah, that makes sense. And and that's, I think for Tom and I, it's been both our experiences as well. You just, it's why it's important to, to show up and, get back to the point of consistency because business development, I think in any professional service is unpredictable and you never know when an opportunity is going to arise. And the person who's top of mind at that moment, oftentimes will be the one that gets the call. Um, so let's, I, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier, Tricia, which was, you know, the, the amount of posts that you will put up on LinkedIn every day, you mentioned five to six, and there's probably some some listeners whose jaws dropped when they hear that, because I think, you know, when I'm, for example, when I'm coaching uh, lawyers uh, talking about business development, you know, encouraging them to get more active on LinkedIn, you know, I'll hear something like, well, maybe I can put post something every week or something like that. And it's like, it's not going to do the job, but it's, but it's better there than, than, uh, you know, starting there rather than, than not starting at all. Um, So two, two part question, generally how much time, you know, is this effort, taking you um, on a daily basis and how do you how are you coming up with your ideas for for content so it's i will say a year into it it's easy a year into it right now it's i see it everywhere once mm-hmm. you start creating content you see it everywhere i see it in a conversation with my daughter i see it a lot in my conversation with my clients uh, i see it in my conversations with my associates over cases I, you see it everywhere when i first started it was it was a little bit of a struggle at times but I would just either, if I, if I didn't have anything really creative and cool, maybe I would just repost an article that somebody else did, or I, I would just kind of muster through it. But yeah, I, I, it can, can be hard to come up with content. And I would say you should at least do two or three a week to get traction, just to start if you can commit to just two, you, it, it will, it will take care of itself. It gets easier. And um, so that's, that's my journey. Now I see it everywhere. I don't have any issue with content. I'm content waiting in the wings, 
but I also schedule it. Like I, I don't do it every day. I put it up. Usually I sit down on a Friday afternoon and I make sure that I have, I've scheduled my post for the next two weeks. And there you go. Like, that's it. I repurpose stuff. So a lot of my content the past two weeks has been stuff that I did a year ago that I'm repurposing. Cause I know the people that saw it last year aren't going to be the same people that saw it, see it this week. So it's repurposing stuff. It's my podcast, which is an hour long podcast. We pull micro clips from that, or I'll take text messages from that. So a lot of it's repurposing. You don't have to have this creative original post every day. You know, it's, it's, I will look back at my post to see what really crushed it. And like, uh, people love empathy posts and I do a lot of them, but I change it up. I change maybe the center or the heart of the post to be something different than it was before, but I'll go back and repurpose things. So I, I don't spend a ton of time on it. It looks like it, but I really don't. I, my videos are done by an editor. So he gets me like my micro, my video micro clips. It's just done for me. I just have to post it and write it up, but that's maybe I really take about two or three hours every two weeks to make sure that my content is, is planned out. Yeah. You have a, well, it's not, go ahead, Jay. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, do you have a favorite post type or a type of post that is getting more engagement or response than something else? Well, the LinkedIn algorithm changes so much. So I just change with the algorithm, but like, uh, I love personally love video. I think video really shows personality um, so much more than the written word does. But you know, this the past three months video is tanking. <laughs> so I pulled back and went more to text post and document PDF post. I don't have a favorite. I, it's whatever LinkedIn algorithm is favoring at the moment. Link the video is coming back, so I'm starting to put more video up, and I'm constantly testing. Texts are always good. You can't go wrong with text. They're the, probably the easiest thing to do is just to, to write 1300 characters. Um, but I think you get more bang for your buck for video and even PDFs that are looking nice and pretty. But I, I don't have a favorite. I just go with whatever the algo is, is loving at the moment. Yeah, and Trish, I want to go circle back to one other um, issue related to because we, we've we haven't talked a lot about. We usually are talking about sharing content on LinkedIn. We're oftentimes not talking about the more direct interaction via LinkedIn messaging. So you mentioned that you sort of have this sequence that you undertake with new connections, at least those that are in line with your business development initiatives. Correct. Um, correct. It, is that um, so? I, I, cause I'm, I'm, it, this is for me, if for no one else, just, just cause I'm curious as to, so you're, you're connecting. If someone is a potential client or referral source for business, you're, you're sending them a message, um, along with a link to a video. Um, and then did you say that beyond that, you will do some additional follow-up? Cause uh, I, I do LinkedIn messaging when I want to communicate, but, but I, I, for some reason I've shied away from it from a, you know, business development standpoint. Can you talk a little bit about your process, um, a little bit more and how you're using messaging? Sure. So I, yeah, I definitely have a very clear system right now. Again, it it has changed over the year and and it'll probably change next year, but right now they get a connection request with a specific message from me, which is usually secondary, second degree connections. And I usually have a ton in common. So it's like, Hey, I see we have a lot of mutual connections. We'd love to connect have a great day. When they connect, I just say, thanks for connecting. You know, I, I hope that you find some of my content valuable. Uh, and then about a month later, they will get the, the right person 
will get the uh, message from me saying, hey, I created this video. It's called 60 Days to Clarity. It's a mindset video, blah, 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 blah. I actually don't just give it to them because it feels spammy just giving it to them. But I say, I, I think you would find value if you would let me know and I'll just shoot you the link. I didn't want to be spammy and just send you the link, but I think it would helpful. And then the people that respond, I know they're interested. And then we start the conversation. I send them the link and it usually usually results in some other communication and it usually results going off LinkedIn. So that's my back end. Um, and that happens a couple times a month where it's, you know, there's a day that we sit down and those messages go out and then we see who's interested and who's not. And we move forward with those individuals and we repeat that process multiple times. Do you automate any of that or is it always Trisha, the human being doing it personally? No, I like it right now. I've got a team. I definitely have a team. I just some admins off Upwork. I have some um, of my admins at the law office that help me. Some of it's automated. Um, it's a combination. I've kind of tweaked what works. Some of the automation I didn't like. So I put it back into human hands and vice versa. But I have, an, I, I have one admin who is in my account 40 hours a week, and he does all of the stuff I hate to do, <laughs> which is send those connection requests. He clears out people that don't accept it, you know, because if you have a backlog of unaccepted connection requests, LinkedIn might ding you. So he clears all that stuff out. He does for certain types of posts, he'll comment for me. Like there's people that help me as you grow, you I found it was getting overwhelming. And so I didn't, I never wanted to think of LinkedIn as overwhelming to me. I always wanted it to be fun and something I look forward to doing. So I've had to delegate certain stuff, but the, you know, once the video goes out, everything after that is me. And I want to make sure that it's individual attention. Last quick question. Just, do you have a favorite scheduler? You talked about scheduling posts for a couple of weeks. So, uh, so, so I, yeah, I use Hootsuite, uh, but I'm not a big fan. <laughs> like they that's, won't let me. Me too. Yeah, they won't let me schedule video or PDFs. It's only text, but it's a great way to communicate with my admins. So I'll write it up. I'll write up the post, and then like, and and we also have a business page. So we um, use Hootsuite for business page, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. But yeah, it's the one I'm using, if anyone has a suggestion for a better one, that's not a ton of money, I'm open to it. Yeah. Do you use one? Um, I use a remi <laughs> reminder to myself because I, I've used a bunch of them and they're, none of them are perfect. You know, I've used Hootsuite and Buffer and none of them do exactly what I want it to do. So I just, you know, I'm just to the point where I'm, I could handle it on my own now. I wish I wasn't doing it myself, but it uh, it does account for some of the technical glitches that just got in the way sometimes. Jay, what do you use? Uh, I just old fashioned me. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't do any schedulers. Although I should, we have uh, one of our one of our team members here um, will do like I don't I don't like Twitter. I don't like Facebook. So he'll do he'll do um, my my posts on those platforms. So, but when it comes to LinkedIn, I, I pretty much do most everything myself. Um, he manages our, our company page, of course, as well, but, uh, but yeah, it's me. No, no scheduling. Not um, yet. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. No, no, I'm sure. I mean, with 20,000 connections, I'm sure your, your whole, the whole, you know, the whole feed is a bit overwhelming and, uh, and you know what I'm barely to keep up with. Yeah. I'm very, I'm actually rarely on the feed anymore, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't yeah. scroll as much. I have an admin who organizes my DMS cause I get over 200 DMS a day and wow. I have, I have missed 
client leads. <laughs> like mm, I've sure. had people reach out to me on DM and I didn't just, just didn't see it. So I yep. actually have my admin now who goes in and reads every DM mm -hmm. and then logs it into an Excel spreadsheet. And I, so I can look at them quickly and figure out which ones I actually need to respond to. But yeah, it's, it's, I think as you use it more as a tool intentionally, getting outside help is going to be critical for your sanity. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then my last question, and then we're going to wrap up Trisha, so we can let you go. But, um, for those who maybe are still tentative about the idea of thinking about spending time on social media and skeptical about like, Oh, this is not, you know, this is not how we develop business in my practice. Um, I, I just curious, I imagine that you're getting a ton of requests to do things like appear on webinars, appear on podcasts, um, maybe, you know, public speaking when we get back to that, there are, there are lots of opportunities outside of just having to interact on the LinkedIn platform that are be, that are being derived from LinkedIn. Has that been your experience? Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. yes, absolutely. I think you can create opportunities. I'm, I'm in a LinkedIn networking group of lawyers and to, and there's like 50 of us and to hear all of the different opportunities that have come their way because of their LinkedIn consistent presence. You know, they've been featured in news stories on the news. They've been invited to the webinars. They really, people start to see them as, as a thought leader in their industry and they seek them out. So your speaking engagements certainly go up at your podcast appearances go up, but yeah, you can use LinkedIn for multiple ways. Getting client, new clients may be the least of what you're concerned with. It could be just being seen as a thought leader and getting out there more. That could be your goal. I know there's one woman in my group that wants to um, write a book and be uh, go on the paid speaking circuit. So that's her goal. Her goal isn't new clients, is that she wants to be a thought leader so that she can charge when she goes to speak. And that's a beautiful goal. So there's so many other things that you can really use it for. If you take the time to figure out what your ultimate goal is and then work a LinkedIn program around that goal, you'll, it's a beautiful tool. Yeah. Well, and that's the group. And I, I wanted to uh, close with this with you. That's, that's the group, many of whom uh, are your co-authors for a, a book that you are, you have recently written. Um, can you, it's, it's called hashtag networked. Um, it's, it's about LinkedIn in, in, to the extent that it, it's a, it's a story about how you guys interacted on the platform, but tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about it. Trisha. So yeah, I, I put together like in February of, of 2020, right when the, right before the pandemic really shut us down, I put together a networking group of female lawyers, which grew. I, I think I asked like 10 to 20 people to come and then they invited people and it grew to 50. And it was through this LinkedIn chat that we got to know each other, that it was a placed event, get advice. We, we, we liken it to a coffee shop where you just step into the coffee shop, see what conversation is going on or ask your question um, that, and it really, we got close because of it. People started businesses from this chat because they got the information, like, how do I start a web page or what does this mean? Like and there, somebody always had an answer for it. And through that chat, it was, it's every day, all day. We helped each other. We gave each other advice. And at some point somebody said, we should write a book kind of jokingly. And then that joke turned into reality and not all 50 of us could do it, but about 20 of us could do it. And we decided to write a book, which is really our story. It's our story leading up to LinkedIn, really using it intentionally. And then 
the experience what, of what we had after we started using it and how we really, you know, supported each other and that, what that looks like and how that benefits you if you are in a group that you're supporting other people. So it was a really cool experience. I've never written a book, but it led me to I'm writing another book for my clients. And I'm not sure I would have done that if I hadn't have done network. So and, and just it, it's just really an awesome. I love the book. I hope you guys pick it up because it the women in this book get very vulnerable. You know, they they talk it's not a like all the great things that I've done. It's here are my failures too. Here's what hasn't worked for me. And here's what I've learned from that. And I think that's really powerful for a group of lawyers, especially women lawyers, to come out and talk about what they've struggled with without this idea that you might be perceived poorly. So I think more women and more lawyers should do that is to talk about what they struggle with. That's so helpful for other people. I know that I get benefit when I hear the struggles of somebody else and how they've gotten through it. So that's what that book is really all about. Well, that's great. I, I definitely think everyone should, should check that out. Uh, they can find it on Amazon, as you can all books these days. Um, so definitely pick up a copy. And Trisha, uh, where, where else? They can check out your book. Obviously, encourage people to check you out and connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, where else uh, might they be able to find out more about you and your practice? So you can always go to my firm website, morganandakins.com. I have a page there. Um, we also have a podcast, The Defense Never Rest, a weekly podcast. Um, you can check that out. That's on Apple. And you can always email me at pbaxter at morganakins.com. I answer almost all of my emails, almost. So would love to hear from you if you guys have any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Trisha. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we'll see you back on LinkedIn here soon, I'm sure. And uh, to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. And we'll, we will be back with another episode after the holidays. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com. 